Open your Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. I have a completely different message than when I set out to minister this weekend. And I believe that the Lord dropped this in me for such a time as this. I believe it's very important. We are living in the last days. And how we approach the last days will determine how we do and how we come out and come over in the last days. And Paul addressed uh, Timothy here. And I believe if it's good for Timothy, it's also good for us. So in 2 Timothy, and notice with me in chapter 3 in verse 1, it says, Know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come. In the last days, perilous times shall come. We are living in these last days. Somebody said, well, Paul said it was last days. Well, it was his last days. And if Jesus doesn't come back in the next 20, 30, 40 years, it's going to be many of our last days. But I believe that he's talking, and what we're talking about is we are living in the last of the last days in this glorious dispensation of grace. And in these last days, there are two kingdoms that are extremely active right now. One is the kingdom, or we could say darkness. The enemy is stepping up his game. And the reason why he is, is because he knows that his time is short. He's very cognizant and aware of the fact what Jesus did to him in his own backyard. It says here that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He knows that he was defeated in his own backyard and he knows that his time on earth is very, very close to being over. This bottomless pit going to open up one day. And he's going to go into it in Jesus' name. And so then what he's doing is he is inspiring and he's influencing young men that have done these shootings in the last week. The shooting in in Gilroy took place by a 19-year-old white male. The shooting in El Paso took place by a 21-year-old white male. The shooting in Dayton, Ohio last night took place by a 22-year-old white male. These are hate crimes. These are what the government is even looking into as possible terrorism cases. What is inspiring these white supremacists? What spirit is it that would cause a young man to go and take the lives of innocent people? It is the devil. And it is not just any spirit. It is one of the principalities. It is one of the powers. It is an assignment against our nation. And we who are of the light need to be declaring light over that darkness. So that's just one example of how he is speeding up his in-time destruction. On the other hand, here's the kingdom of God. And that's where you and I live. We are in the kingdom, and the kingdom of God is in us. 
And so as part of the kingdom of God, we are not to allow darkness to overcome us. What Romans 12, 21 says is we are not to be overcome with evil or darkness, but we who are of the light, we who are of the kingdom must overcome evil. And the way we overcome evil is we overcome evil with good. What is good? Well, God is good. What is good? The Word of God is good. But also, when you look at the word goodness in the book of Exodus, the word goodness is equated with the word glory. So what is it that's going to overcome evil? It's the glorious church. Times may be perilous in the world. Darkness may be stepping up its game, but we who are of the light, we are of this glorious church. We are not moved. We're not backing down. We're not backing off. We're coming, praise God, up with the word of God, and we shall overcome every evil that tries to overcome us. Amen? So this thought came to me this morning as I was preparing. As soon as I saw this situation in Dayton, Ohio, on the news, I begin to say, Lord, what should I say? And I just believe the Lord just dropped this in my spirit, this phrase. Tell them how to live in the last days. How, we, how shall those who are in the kingdom of God, who are of the light, how shall we conduct ourselves in these last days? How shall we live? One thing for sure, we're not to cower back and we're not to draw back in fear. And this phrase just dropped in my spirit, this thought. Tell them we must live in the last days in the 91st Psalm. In the 91st Psalm. So I want to look at Psalm 91, and I thank you for working with me up there this morning. I want to look at it through the Amplified Version and spend just a little bit more time in it than I did in the early service. So notice with me in Psalm 91 in verse 1. It says here, I will, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable. That's a thought. Remain in stable and unstable times. And we shall remain fixed and stable under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow of the Almighty, my dear friends, is the shadow of El Shaddai, this God who is more than enough. Now notice with me. Whose power no foe can withstand. No devourer, no enemy can stand against those who live their lives in that secret place of the Most High. Nestled and dwelling in His presence as a way of life. Hallelujah. Now that word dwell there, that word dwell literally means to take up residence. To live there. In other words, it's not a place that we're just to come and to go in when it's convenient. This is a place where we can live in His presence. Amen. Some people, they visit God when they get in trouble. They just want a quick fix or a microwave miracle. But that's not how this works as a way of life. All of these promises are contingent upon one thing. That we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. That means living in vital union 
and in vital union with him. Jesus said it this way, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Now, the other thing about this secret place, it's not a scary place. It's not some sort of esoteric place. But this secret place is not to be found just in one location. How many of you know when you left your house today, God left with you? He said that he would never leave you and he would never forsake you. When you got in your automobile today, guess what? God was right there. When you talk to him, if you will listen, he will talk to you. My point is this, no matter where you are, whether you are on BART, whether you're at Costco, whether you're in a mall, and when you are living in his presence, you can count on the fact that he will hide you in a pavilion, that he will cover you with his feathers, for under his wings you have come to trust. Amen? Now notice, when I live and you live in the 91st Psalm in these last days, you'll enter into a supernatural rest. A rest where you have peace with God. A rest concerning your uh, eternal destiny. A rest concerning your day. You can have rest and peace and know that God is directing your steps. Know this, that there is nothing to fear when you have drawn near into the secret place of the Most High. I believe that it is the safest place to live for you and me. Somebody says, well, I have ring and I have infinity and I have this and I have all these security measures. There's nothing wrong with that. But the safest place you can be is in the secret place of the Most High. Are we in agreement on that? Somebody shout amen. amen. And faith's confessions has a lot to do with this. What you say is extremely important. You see, the spirit of faith is demonstrated by what you believe and what you speak on a consistent basis. I think we should all be saying words like this. Say it with me. I'm always in the right place at the right time doing the right thing with the right people. So out of this secret place, then you begin to say some things in faith. Look with me at verse 2 of Psalm 91. He said, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. On you I rely and lean, and I confidently trust. Say that with me. You are my refuge. <coughs> you are my fortress. You are my God. And in you I completely trust. What are you saying? I'm saying this. That when you and I spend time in the secret place of the Most High, it'll change the way you talk. I mean, to where we used to grumble and complain. Any, any people used to grumble and complain? Don't look at your neighbor. Your wife may say like yesterday. But instead of groaning and moaning and complaining, now you're declaring. You're declaring God's Word. And you're talking about the goodness of God in your life. To where you used to speak doubt. You used to speak fear. But now you're speaking words of faith. You begin to speak the word of truth. And you know what it does? It changes your life. It changes your life. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you talk. It changes the way that you act. 
Now notice with me, in this psalm, there are three things that are happening. There's three major themes in Psalm 91. Number one, there's the theme of presence. We've talked about that. Number two, there's the theme of protection. And number three, there is promises. So now notice with me in verse three, if you would, and we're going to read this in the Amplified Version. After you've been dwelling in his secret place, after you've been declaring faith-filled words, here's what you can expect. He said, for then, verse 3, he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions. He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you will trust and you will find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler to you. Hallelujah. What is this saying to you today? This is saying that God covers you. And God covers your family. From the hidden traps of the enemy. From deadly hazards. From diseases and disasters and terrorism and plagues. Contagious diseases. Pestilences and epidemic diseases. God's hand is upon you. And he protects you. Notice with me in verse 5. He said, you will not be afraid of the terror of the night. In other words, we don't have to be afraid of terrorism. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night. Why is that? Because God has not placed fear in you. Fear is foreign to the born again believer. Faith is our homeland. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. But he gave you the Spirit of God. And in the Spirit of God, there is power. And in the Spirit of God and in the kingdom of God, there is love and of a sound mind. He says, we'll not be afraid of the terror by night. Nor for the arrow, the evil, listen to this, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that fly by day. Verse 6. Nor for the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Nor for the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lays waste at noonday. See, fear will paralyze you. Fear will keep you in the indoors of life. But faith opens the doors wide open. Faith looks at its future and smiles. Why is that? Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. See, there are some opponents. There are some adversaries that are trying to overcome you and overcome me. But oh, I hear Revelation 12, 11 that says you and I, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Verse seven, look at this. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Here's what your confession should be. It's not going to come near me. It's not going to come near me. Accidents aren't going to overtake me. Diseases are not going to come near me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Amen? He says, it shall not come near you. Verse 8, read it with me, please. Only a spectator shall you be yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the most... In other words, no place, no access. See, what gives the enemy place is fear. What closes the door on fear is faith. And so it says here, 
yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge. Again, this is this dwelling place. This is this secret place. And the Most High your dwelling place. Read verse 10 with me. There shall no evil befall you, nor shall any plague or calamity come near your house. Come near your loved ones. How about this? Come near your automobile. You do know that there's crazy people out there. You do know that there are people that are demonized on 880. You do know that there's some cray crays on 680. And one thing about it, the people on the road, by and large, are only interested in one thing, themselves. And getting where they need to get now. And so oftentimes, because of a lack of discipline, people get going later than they should. They don't get up early. They don't take care of business. And so their lives are in a continual treadmill of trying to get someplace that they should have been maybe 10 minutes ago. But then you're driving along, doing the speed limit, praying in other tongues. Ha, ha, ha. Not both hands in the air, maybe one. Ha, 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 ha. Listening to Pastor Brenda or Pastor Mark or Pastor Tom going down that road, hallelujah, raising a hallelujah in your automobile. Then all of a sudden, one of them crazy people cuts you off. But what they don't know and what you know, but you can't see, is he's giving his angels charge over you. Listen, folks, bumper to bumper, fender to fender, in the name of Jesus, the angels they are taking charge over you. Amen. Amen. Protection. Protection. Protection for you. Protection for you. Protection for your loved ones. Protection. Protection. Even for some of your loved ones that are out of the will of God. We speak a word of protection over them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rosapata, pray. Come on. We speak protection. We speak protection over the schools here in the Bay Area. We speak protection over the schools, over the children, over the teachers, Lord. We speak protection over the malls in Jesus' name. We speak protection. We loose the angels right now. We loose the angels over our law enforcement. We loose them right now in the name of Jesus. We declare that we are the safest of the safe right here in the Bay Area. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't be afraid if the earth begins to quake. Don't begin to, to, to fear if the earth begins to shake. For you're under a higher commandment. You're in a higher kingdom. My kingdom is in you. And in my kingdom, there is nothing that can be shaken, saith the Lord. And even though things may happen here, and even though things may happen there, you live in me, I will live in you, and I will take care of you, for my hand is upon you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Everyone say it, protection. Oh, hallelujah. 
protection. Hallelujah. 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 I'll hide you in the pavilion from the plots of man, from the plots of the evil one. I'll keep you, saith the Lord, for I am your God and I am watching over you. And my plan and my will is to keep you whole, spirit, soul, and body until I return. Cooperate with me, saith the Lord, and say daily that I am being kept by the power of God through salvation. Say it with me, I'm being kept. My loved ones are being kept. My body is being kept. My mind is being kept by the power of God unto complete and whole deliverance. Ooh, hallelujah. For he will give his angels, verse 11, a special charge over you to accompany and defend you and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. You know, when you're about your father's business, he's about your business. When you're going the father's way, he's going your way. When you get on a jet to go somewhere in the service of the Lord, you can speak over that jet that he upholds this jet by the power of his word. Amen? Amen. I like that. When I'm about my father's business, he's about my business. Hallelujah. Secret place. Secret place. Secret place. Notice with me in verse uh, 13 now. He said, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent, what are you going to do with it? That reminds me of Luke 10, 19. We said, behold, I give unto you. 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 Not just Pastor Brenda. Not just Kenneth Copeland. Not just Brother Hagin. But I give unto you. I've authorized you. I give unto you authority. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over most the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. Now he's given it to you, but what are you doing with it? He's given it to you, but what will you do with it? That's the question. For power that is given, that is not released, will lie dormant. But power that is believed and power that is received shall bring forth great power and bring forth great results. For I've said in my word that tremendous power is available, dynamic in its working for those who will believe. What will you do with this power? What will you say in the midnight hour? What will you declare? Will you say that he's my refuge? Will you say 
that He's my fortress? Will you say that He is your God? You know what the answer to that question is? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yes, yes, and yes, I will. Now notice with me, verses 14 through 16. As a result, then, you will partake of all these promises. Read this with me. Because He has set His love upon me, therefore will I deliver Him. Because I will set Him on high. Because He knows and understands my name, has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness, and trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake Him. No, never. Verse 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer Him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Verse 16. With long life will I satisfy him. Long life. I speak long life over you. Why don't you just go ahead and live till you're satisfied? I mean, if you hit 75 years old and you're satisfied, see you later. Amen. If you hit 90 years old and you're not satisfied, stay around a while. Amen? He said, with long life, I'm going to satisfy him. And I'm going to show him my salvation. Hallelujah. You liked that, didn't you? (laughs) Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, stretch forth your hand toward him. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray long life. Living long, living strong. Ha ha, more to do. Hallelujah. Long life, long life, long life, long life, long life. Ray, strong life. Hallelujah, long and strong. Long life, strong life. Hallelujah. Tony, you just keep right on living. You're going to keep on living, aren't you? Woo, glory to God. There's so much more to do. Hallelujah. Mm. Now notice this with me. One of the things that he said he would do, he said, I will deliver him. Now when you got born again, did you get delivered? How many of you remember when you got saved? I can remember when I got saved. Oh my goodness. My burden was rolled away. The devil didn't want to let me go, but he didn't have a choice. When I called on the name of the Lord, I got saved. And it was a great deliverance. It was a great salvation. But you know, the good thing about God is, He doesn't stop delivering us. He has delivered us. But how many of you know, when we face some trouble today, He's with us in trouble. And He didn't say He was with us in trouble just so we could say, Oh, things, oh, you know, He's with me. He's with me. No, He's with you in trouble to deliver you. Anybody in this house this morning ever experienced some deliverance from the Lord? I used to smoke. I used to smoke and I used to do all sorts of things. How many of you know smoking is not good for your lungs? Smoking's bad for your lungs. No, it won't send you to hell, just, you know, it'll make you smell like you've been there. Right? But Brother Hagin said, you know, poor fool. Fire on one end and then one on the other. 
Pour a cigarette. Fire on one end and fool on the other. Fire on one end and fool on the other. Anyway. No, but, but how many of you, be honest with me, how many of you have been delivered from something since you've been born again? Oh, absolutely. We got testimony after testimony about what the Lord has done. Woo, hallelujah. I mean, people have been delivered in this house. People have been delivered some serious stuff. It's an awesome thing. Glory to God. You just keep dwelling. You keep living in the secret place of the Most High. Things come your way. He'll deliver you. He'll deliver you. He'll deliver you. He may deliver some of you from eating boogers. I don't know. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh, now don't look at me like that. Sometimes you just got to lighten the mood a little bit. Say it with me. Shout it with me. He is my deliverer. Hallelujah. Long life. What did he say? He said, I'll rescue you in the time of trouble. I'll protect you because you acknowledge my name. His name is above every name. He said, I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. And not only that, I will honor you. Man, I'm telling you, when you honor him, he'll honor you. He said, I'll satisfy you with long life. And I will show you my salvation. Because we live there, because we dwell in God's presence, we begin to rest in the Lord. Then we begin to say some things and God will cover you. And you will not fear, even though evil's all around you. Instead, you'll do some treading upon the enemy and you'll begin to partake of God's provisions and God's promises. How shall we live in the last days? We must live in the 91st Psalm. We must, who have been justified and made righteous in God's sight, he said that the just shall live by faith. And when we live by faith, that means no more fear. Point to yourself and say, no more fear here. In Philippians 1.28, in the Amplified Version, I want you to look at this quickly because we're going to receive communion in just a minute. I'm telling you, people are going to be saved. People are going to be restored. Lives are going to be changed in these next 10 minutes. Notice this with me. Because you are the just and you're living in the last days and you're living by faith. Here's this scripture that says, And do not for a moment... Be frightened. Do not be intimidated by anything by your opponents and your adversaries. For such constancy, living in this consistent mode of faith and fearlessness, what it is, it will be a clear sign or proof and seal to the enemy of their impending destruction. He can't stand it when you live by faith. He can't stand it when you resist fear. It speaks to him of his soon demise. Amen. But when you live this way, it's a sure token and it's an evidence of your deliverance and your salvation and that from God.
We have an enemy who walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Make this proclamation and this declaration. Say it with your finger just pointed right at you and say, You may not devour me. In the next verse it says this, Even though he walks about as a roaring lion, he said, You will resist him steadfast with your faith. God has given you faith in your heart, coming out of your mouth, enabling you to resist the attacks of the enemy. This is one way that your God becomes an adversary to your adversary by putting, you, putting on the inside of you world overcoming faith. The door to the supernatural hinges on two things. Believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, the scripture says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you would be saved. It goes on to say that with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There was a time in your life when you believed that and you said that. And the supernatural power of God came into your life and made you a new creation. Amen? And made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This same miracle working power is here right now today. So I'm going to invite you to bow your heads just for a moment or two. And we're going to pray.